Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, Pastor Pablo Martinez will be inspiring you with a message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. Why don't we give Jesus a round of applause? How about that? He deserves it. Why don't we give him a little bit louder round of applause? He is Christ. Amen. Come on. You may be seated. Say hello to the person next to you. Tell them welcome home. Welcome home. Today's a very special night. Um, we are starting tonight the encounter. If you're here and you're not staying for encounter, it's all right. But uh, it is going to be an incredible, incredible weekend for those that are staying. And you get to see the first part of it. And, uh, you know, I was just uh, thinking, uh, normally we begin with this talk called Peniel, or uh, fight for your blessing. And uh, I have that talk super packed down. I have it prepared. I've given it for years. I would say at least 10 years. Uh, it's been something that's ministered to me, and God's used that talk to minister to many people. And as I was preparing or re-preparing, is that a word? Uh, you know, I was uh, working on it again, and God really just changed my, my heart. He spoke clearly. Uh, that he wanted uh, for me to share something different with you guys. And so that's what I'm going to do. Is that okay? Yeah? Okay, cool, cool. So um, let's open up to 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. Are you guys good? You guys all right? Yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. 2 Kings chapter 5. Um, there is uh, an incredible, incredible part in the, in the Bible that I believe uh, has the potential to change your life. Whether you stay for encounter or you don't, I know that we all absolutely need uh, what God has to offer to us. You're not here today just because. You're not here today because there was enough gas in your car or because somebody made you feel bad if you didn't come or just because there's a cute girl that, you know, worships in the front and you kind of like her or just because, I don't know, you had nothing else to do. Maybe you did. You're here because God has a plan for your life, because God brought you to this place, because there's a word from heaven. Listen, there's a word from heaven for you. Literally, if you're here to listen to some random pastor or just to, you know, hear some good music, can I tell you honestly, there's a better place, many, many better places, but there's no better place than the place where God puts you. Am I making sense? I guess you can say there's no better place than the place where God places you. If God placed you somewhere and you believe that God has you there for a reason, then receive it. Amen. Is that cool? So um, let's pray. Let's ask God to do what he brought us here for. Close your eyes and let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for your love and for your grace. Thank you because you've been so patient with our lives. God, so many people should be dead. They shouldn't be here. So many people should be either in jail or maybe in another country or maybe perhaps, just maybe, clubbing tonight, doing some crazy stuff. But God, I thank you because you brought every man and every woman in this place for a specific purpose. That their descendants, that their generations would not suffer the same peril that they would have suffered. I thank you, God, because today, today, God, you want to change our lives. You want to change our story. I thank you, God, because you have given us something so special, and that is your word. Today, we receive it as it is from you, God. I ask you that the power of your spirit would transform the rock hearts, God, those hardened hearts, into hearts of flesh again. God, that you would give us hunger and thirst for your word. That every person in here, God, would desire change so badly that they would do anything 
to get it. In your name we pray. Amen. Somebody asked me, what does it take, pastor? I've been struggling with drug addiction for, since I was 13 years old. What's it going to take for me to change? We, he was really tired of this. And I said, it's going to take for you being so tired that you would do anything to change it. And he said, I am tired. I said, you're not tired enough. But I am so tired. Look at all the stuff. I No, you're not tired enough. He said, you don't know. I said, all I know is what I see. Some things will never change until you get tired enough of it. An abused woman will not stop being abused until she's tired of it. Does that make sense? And he said, you don't know the story. I may not know the story. But I know stories and many, many stories that have changed people's lives. Only Their lives will only change when they get tired enough. I know men, so many men that are either angry or, or abusive and they hate themselves for it. And they will never change until they get tired enough of it. It's like that story of that dog that kept on sitting on that nail. I don't know if you guys know on the porch, right? And he kept on growing. And the owner's like, man, you know, no, somebody comes and asks the owner, hey, your poor dog, what's wrong? Oh, he's sitting on a nail. He's like, well, why is he sitting on it? Why don't you just move? Oh, he's been sitting on that nail for years. He's like, why doesn't he move? Oh, because it doesn't hurt him bad enough. And that happens with us. It's not bad enough. But let me ask you this. How bad do you actually want God to do something today? How bad do you want it in this encounter? I know that God is really willing. He wants to change your life. Tonight, he wants to begin something in you. But I know this for sure. God will not throw pearls to pigs. What does that mean? The scripture says that this is it's a wild and it sounds harsh. But I promise you, it's good medicine. Some things are not good to you. They're good for you. Right? And the Bible says that we're not to cast our pearls to the pigs. Because that's what God doesn't want to do. Somebody who will not appreciate a word or will not appreciate something. Why am I speaking to you like this? If you're willing to say, God, I want this for me. Or maybe that's for him. That's for her. No, no, no. This is for you. This encounter is for you. You don't know. I've been preaching encounters 14 years now, 13 years now. And I can tell you this. Every encounter is for me. Every encounter is for me. When I prepare a talk, even if it's a talk of deliverance, it's for me. I need deliverance. I need more of the Holy Spirit. I need more healing. I need more repentance. Amen? I need, I need, I want the Word of God. So the first thing that we see here in uh, this incredible story, 2 Kings chapter 5, 1, 1 through 15. I'm going to read it out loud to you. I'm going to go fast and furious. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 5, 1 through 15. You guys good? Yeah. Okay, 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5 is after 1 Kings. Hey. Now Naaman, captain of the army. What's his name? Naaman. Naaman, captain of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man. Number one thing, he was a captain. Number two, he was a great man. With his master and his and highly respected. Number three, highly respected. Because by him the Lord had given him victory. So he's a victorious man. The man was also a valiant warrior. He was also a valiant warrior. But he was a leper. Now the Arameans had gone out in the, hand, in the bands and had taken captive a little girl from the land of Israel. And she waited on Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, I wish that my master were with the prophet who is in, in Samaria. Then he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus and thus, da 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 da, spoke the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Aram said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. He departed and took, him, uh, took it with him uh, with ten talents of silver and six thousand shekels of gold and ten changes of clothes. 
He brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, And now, as this letter comes to you, behold, I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man is sending word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? But consider now and see how he is seeking a quarrel, meaning he's looking for a fight against me. It happened when Elisha, the prophet, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent word to king saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Now let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in the land, or Israel. Number nine. So Naaman came with his horses and his chariots and stood at the doorway of the house of Elisha. Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times. How many times? And your flesh will be restored to you, and you will be clean. Verse 11. But Naaman was furious, and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me, and stand, and call on the name of the Lord his God, and wave his hand, use the force, right? Over the place, and cure the leper. Are not Abana and Farfah, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them, and be clean? So... He turned and went away in a rage. Then his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, had the prophet told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped himself. How many times? Seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child. And he was clean. I'll stop right there. What an incredible, incredible story. You have this guy who is a captain of this powerful, incredible army, the armies of Aram, the king, right? He was a great man. The Bible says, number one, he's a captain. Number two, he's a great man. Number three, highly respected. Number four, he's victorious. Number five, he was a valiant warrior. Girls, doesn't sound like a catcher, right? Like a guy that's like a stud in every way. He's got prestige. He's got power. You know, he's got everything. He, he looks like, man, he's got everything going on. He's a captain. He's got, he's got status, you know. But check this out. Everyone has a butt. <laughs> Everyone has a butt. This guy's butt is this. It says, he was also a valiant warrior, but, if you could just highlight or, you know, capital letter, whatever you can do in your phone, you know. Uh, but he was a leper. Everyone Seems amazing and great. Life is going on. Hey, you know what? You're here at Encounter. Maybe you have a good job or maybe you have a great family or maybe you have, you know, your kids or maybe not. Maybe you realize already your butt, right? Maybe you, just like I, are in desperate need of God. But maybe you're like Naaman and you say, hey, look, I'm doing great. I already studied the Bible. I already have this degree. Or, you know, I've gone to church before. Oh, you don't even know. I, I'm a pastor's kid. Or, hey, you know, you don't know, I was a leader at my old church. Oh, yeah, my grandma used to take me since I was like two years old. That story, I read it before. Matter of fact, I preached it before. Maybe some of you here can say, hey, you know what, I like what you're saying, Pastor, but I don't need God that bad. I can tell you this. There's a leprosy in every man. Every woman has an area of our lives that has a big butt. And that butt in this man's life said, he is a leper. Now, check this out. Naaman I believe, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, uh, I don't even know what, what, what movie it was. I was trying to come up with a name where there's this warrior king that he has a leper king, right? And he's always covering his face. He's trying to appear to the crowd as though he's just some mysterious character. But deep inside of him, listen, 
inside of him, when he comes home, when he takes his mask off, there's a painful story. The man in the mirror has so many flaws that the man in the mirror doesn't like the man that he sees. Am I making sense? This man could seem powerful to everyone. He seemed like, man, he's got it going on. However, when he would come home, and I love this story, because there was someone there, this mighty, highly respected man, had someone in his life that was willing to tell him the truth, that wasn't just willing to say what everybody else was saying. One time I read something by John Maxwell. He says, you cannot sell real answers to somebody who is just willing to buy echoes. Man, I wish every leader in this church heard what I just said. Man, that every one of us would have someone in our lives that can tell us the truth and say, hey, you seem great to the world, but here is the truth. Man, I love that my wife can do that at any time. Hey, you preach really well. How about you live it? Ah! <laughs> now, she's never done it like that, but she could. Even she might, actually. Have you ever done it like that, amor? Huh? Just kidding. Okay, so how many times have we seemed like we're doing good in one area, but then when you get home, maybe sadness, maybe depression, maybe loneliness, maybe the lack of management of finances is catching up, maybe some legal battle that's going on, or maybe it's the lack of relationships with people, or a broken relationship, or maybe it's a disease that people don't know about, maybe it's something you're struggling internally, maybe it's not a disease in the body. In this man, it was leprosy in the body. The skin, the Bible says that his skin had leprosy. But maybe, just maybe, it goes beyond the skin. Maybe it's much more deeper for you. And it's in the soul. So where you don't know, but you feel like you're falling apart. Because that's what leprosy will do eventually, doesn't it? Just put, literally tears you apart. It takes all sensitivity away from your body. And this man was struggling with that. Listen, please. This encounter is not about, hey, let's see if I can get better. This encounter is about total healing, about God making you clean, literally clean. The Bible says that this man was made like a child. His skin was made like a child. How amazing would it be to once again be like a child in your faith, in the way you see people? You know, I love kids because today, you know, Elijah, we took him to, I took him to McDonald's and they were like playing and all that stuff. And some kid fell so hard and ate, ate it, like super hard. I guess some kid pushed him and like on the nose, boom, face plant. And like we were, look, we were looking at the whole thing from underneath and the kid's crying. The mom crawled up through those tunnels. You know what I'm saying? I know parents, you know what I'm talking about? Like the McDonald's tunnels. So this lady, like she's like climbing up and I'm like, I should have had my phone. It was because she got stuck. But anyway, so no, nah, I'm just kidding. So, you know, she got up there and everything and the mom brought the kid down. Two minutes later, two minutes later, Maybe one. The kid was already playing back with her friends like nothing ever happened. I'm like, dude, this kid just pushed you. Your face is like destroyed, you know. And now you go back and you play with them like nothing ever happened. The innocence of a child, isn't it? If you promise a kid something, you better do it because he'll believe you. You promise some adults, he's like, nah, he ain't going to come through anyway. So how amazing would it be to be able to hear from God something and believe him and take him for his word? Amen. To be able to forgive, to be able to love, to be able to be amazed again at an amazing God. Listen, Naaman was healed. But there were some steps that took, he had to take in order for him to have the complete healing and complete restoration. Now I'd like to pause right here. And I don't know how many of you are here today in this church because you want God. I mean really the genuine Lord. The one who can actually change your life, your story, your future, your present. Do you want God or do you want religion or do you want a church or do you want to check the box so you don't feel so bad on a Friday night? 
If you want God, he is here. He is available and he's willing to do something great in your life. Can I, say, can I hear an amen? Yeah? He's willing and able. My question is, what are you willing to do? How bad do you actually want God to do something in your life? Because see, unless you know how messed up something is, you'll never actually fix it. I know a friend of ours. We all know that person. I won't say her name so she doesn't feel bad. She didn't change the oil in her car for a long time. How long is a long time? A couple of years. Guess what happened to that car? Take a guess. It caught on fire, if I remember correctly. It just kind of just broke down completely. That's what's going to... But some of you guys are, oh, I got to change the oil of the car? <laughs> yeah, not just put gas on it, right? Now, if you don't know how bad it is, you have no idea. You're just going to keep going and going and going without ever changing things in your life that are literally destroying you. Today, you feel like, well, I was, I'm not as bad as yesterday. Are you sure? It's called the wear down of life. You start wearing, getting worn down. And so this is what happened. Naaman, I love this story because he is this captain, this victor, this incredible man who everybody looks up to. But there's this, listen, the Bible says that there's this slave, captive, little girl. The one, listen, a captive little girl. A captain and a captive. A man and this little girl. A warrior and the one who had been taken prisoner. Do you get what I'm saying? God uses the person that he finds that is the lowest in his house to bring healing to his life. Okay, Naaman, I'm sure he had, you know, he would rub elbows with kings, with, with incredible men and women who had power and queens. But God uses a slave little girl, listen please, who had been taken captive by him, probably him and his people. Do you get it? This is the little girl that would help his own mistress, his wife, to get changed and to wash her, you know, her, her socks and, her, and his clothes. And she sees right through him. She's like, oh, I know the guy out there, but see, I get to see things at home. You could appear strong and mighty, but when that armor starts coming off, I know what's beneath it. You know, God knows what's beneath your armor. Man, he knows what's beneath your armor. Some people may say, hey, I'm doing great with the Lord. You know, here I am, strong and mighty in the Lord. But when the armor comes off, who knows you? Who can say to you, hey, you need healing. You need a touch of God. And I know where you can find it. That little girl didn't only criticize him. She said, you're sick, but you need help. Not only that, I know where your help comes from. I know where you can receive it from. You see, that's what you're here for today. You're not here to check a box. You're not here just because there's nothing else. There's so many things to do, so many other places to be. You're here because you need a touch from God. And unless you realize how bad you need it, you will never change the oil in your life. Amen. You and I need a touch from God. We don't need another rule. We don't need another regulation. We don't need another thing to do or not to do. We need a touch from God. This guy didn't need someone to tell him to put a cream or some lotion. He didn't need a tea. He needed the Lord. Amen. He needed healing. He needed restoration. And he needed it now. And so this guy listens because he's humbled by his condition. He listens to this little girl and he's like, okay, what do I do? Go to this prophet in Israel. Israel? You mean Israel like the place that we own? The one that we conquered? Yeah, go to that place. So, she, so he goes 
to his king instead of to the prophet. Problem number one. You have gone to too many people to help you solve your problem, but you have not gone to the right place. I know that's the case. Why do I know that? Because if you'd have gone to the right place in the first place, it would have been solved already. Every single problem, every single problem can and will be fixed. You say, Pastor, even death, especially death. Especially death. I've seen funerals where people go crazy, sad, destroyed, like it's the end of it all. And I was just in one that it was like a graduation. A 14, 13-year-old little girl that had just passed away. And I can tell you this, there was victory. There was beauty in the place. There was hope. There was something greater. There was a cure. Where the Apostle Paul could say, oh death, where is thou sting? Where is your power now? Because the Lord gives life and eternal life. There's a solution even for death. Can you tell me there's no solution for your finances? Can you tell me there's no solution for your loneliness? If God can overcome death, he can certainly overcome your loneliness. Man, if God can overcome the sickness of the grave, can he not overcome the sickness of your heart? And so when God literally is trying to fix this man, this guy goes to the wrong place at the wrong time. We can go to our mom. We can go to our pastor. We can go to our leader. Go to God first. And I say that to you as your pastor. There's nothing wrong with counsel. The question is, have you sought out the Lord? This weekend, you're seeking out the Lord. Maybe there's a little girl that God's going to use. Maybe a little boy. Maybe somebody who you consider little. What do they know? They're only what, 22, 24. What does she know? She's only been married twice. Two, uh, twice uh, not twice, maybe a few times. No, only two years, right? Or what does he know? He does, he's never been through what I've been through, eh? Does that make sense? Maybe he's a little girl in your eyes. Maybe God wants to use that little girl. Why? Because the captain must first become Listen, if a captain is going to be healed, he must first become obedient. If you are ever going to be healed, listen, I don't care how you feel. The question is, how do you obey? And you may be jacked up, messed up, hurt, angry, upset. You may not like what you're hearing. But I promise you, all healing begins with obedience in the sight of God. Let me repeat that again. All healing begins with obedience in the sight of God. I have seen marriages restored. And they did not get restored because a good counselor spoke to them. They got restored because they began being obedient to the Lord. Man, I've seen finances. Man, restoration. I was just talking to Chris. He's translating right now how God has done a miracle in his finances. Why? Because he began to obey the Lord. Listen, your problem did not begin. Man, this is crazy. Your biggest problems in your life do not begin because you're greatly obedient to the Lord. Oh, pastor, that's not true. I was being obedient. And then they say, okay, you might have been obedient. But in that specific area, if you were obedient, now it should be a testimony. Now it should be a testimony. Let me repeat that. If you were obedient, now it should be a testimony. Why do I say this to you? Because everyone in this place, every one of us, we have a but. And every one of us, we have a need. That need is God's touch. In this encounter... My prayer is that the Lord will touch your life in such a powerful way that you will never be the same again. That you will be healed, transformed, restored, restarted. That God will do something so beautiful that you say, man, I can take my armor off and I can be free to let people know that I am healed. Amen? Give God a shout of praise. Why not? Verse 9. So Naaman came with his horses and his chariots and stood at the doorway of the house of Elijah. Listen to this. Just imagine Elijah lives in like a ranch. And he comes with his horses and his chariots. 
Right, Naaman has arrived. Somebody comes and helps him off the horse, right, by putting his back. And he just steps on him and everybody lays down the robe and Naaman's... He doesn't even speak. People speak for him. And this is what Elijah does. I love the prophet Elijah. He doesn't even come out. He's like, nah, I'm watching the game. America's winning, so I'm not going to go out. You know what I mean? Like, nah, I'm good. I'm, yeah, just, hey, uh, what, what's your name? Gehashi, Gehashi. Yeah, yeah. Go tell him to just go dip himself in the dirtiest river. Yeah, the Jordan. That's the dirtiest. Go tell him to dip himself in the Jordan seven times. He'll be healed. He doesn't even come out. He doesn't even come out. Okay, listen. It's like if your boss comes and visits you at your house. And you send your little brother, hey, tell him, tell him I'm busy. Does that make sense? Okay, let's take it a whole nother step forward, okay? Let's just say that the mayor of the town comes and visits you. And you just really just say, hey, you know what? You scream out, you open the window, hey! Oh, uh, yeah, what do you want? That's what Elijah's doing. And I love that because this man knew what he was, he knew who was coming. He saw the chariots coming from afar. He saw the dust. He heard the trumpets. He knew what he was doing. Because Elijah knew that before, man, before the touch of God could come to his life, he had to submit to the way of the Lord. You see, the way God does things is not always the way you want God to do things. Oh, you want God to come. Listen, this is what Naaman said. What? Elijah sent a message to him saying, go and wash yourself in the Jordan seven times. The Jordan is the filthiest river. When we think of the Jordan, oh, the Jordan River. It is nasty. Have you guys been to the L.A., like, you guys ever done the bike thing, you know, L.A. River? No, nothing? In Maywood, there's this area, the L.A. River is, like, nasty. It is gross. They're trying to rehabilitate. It's going to take millions of dollars to restore it. Listen, he's, like, telling, yeah, go dip yourself in the L.A. River. And Naaman's, like, excuse me? This is what he says. I love his response. Look at verse 11. Now, Naaman was furious. He was mad. He was, like, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. Do you know, what, do you know who I am? Behold, it says, he went away furious. Some people at encounter, when the Lord will ask them to do something, maybe God is saying to you, break your pride, listen. Or, hey, I know you're tired, fight through that. Or maybe the pastor or the preacher or the, the girl that gets to speak or the little boy that gets to speak tells you, hey, lift up your hands to the Lord. And you're like, nope, that's not what I want. God's going to do it my way. Somebody's going to wave their hand, and I'm just going to miraculously be transformed. And I will tell you, that's not the way it works. If they say pray loud, pray loud. Okay, Naaman, relax. Not that loud. Right? Sometimes we're like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it my way. And God, we have this attitude, this posture. We just, if you God, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. This is what Naaman said. Listen. What a fool, though. He comes all the way. And when he finds something he doesn't like, he's willing to turn back all the way. All the way because he didn't get his way. Can we be a little bit like that sometimes? We're trying to, we're trying to get that out of our two-year-old. Where he's like, no. And he literally crosses his no. And he's two. And he's like, no. And he does this with like, and he stands, he literally just stands firm. And I wonder if he's spiritually, spiritually, You do that to God. No. God's saying, get on your knees. No. But listen, you know. Right? And we, God's like, man, this is medicine, man. It's good for you. I'm not going to forgive. 
God's saying, it's not for them. It's for you. Forgiveness for me. Start talking about sexuality. Uh-uh, don't talk about sexuality. No. Is it true or not? We want God to do something. Maybe they'll ask you, hey, don't sit next to your friend. No. Don't sit next to your family. No, no, no. Girls on one side. No, no. Is it true or not? Oh, the mattress is a little bit hard. No. The food is not. No. By the way, we have great food. Great food. I'm just saying. But some of you may not like it. No. But that's what we're going to do. Name it over and over and over. I'm furious. I'm going to go away. And I'll just tell you, if that's the attitude you're going to have, go quick. Save yourself some time. Save us some food. Just come back whenever you're ready to actually have God do something great in your life. Pastor, why would you say that? I brought a friend today. Because your friend knows that's the truth. Nothing will ever change. And you're going to blame God. You're even going to blame the church. It's like me going to the gym, not lifting. I'm saying, that gym sucks, man. That gym sucks. It doesn't work. Look, look at me. Still the same. UFC gym sucks. Like if you actually did what you're supposed to do, where you go, it would might work sometimes. And that's exactly what happens. Naaman's at it. God's already given him the word, and the word is not easy for him to swallow. Go dip yourself seven times. I finish with this. Seven times. Why not four? Why not three? Why not one? Why not six? Why seven? You know, I think Naaman was asking himself the exact question. Man, seriously, you have to do seven? Seven is the, the number of completion or perfection. But let's just say that seven is one too many times, right? He goes out to the, to the Jordan, and he's like... All right, I'm going to do this because, of course, he humbled himself. It says, he will surely come out to me and stand. Anyway, so anyway, go to verse, ah, I don't have time. Verse uh, 12, are not, ah, no, let's go to 13. Then his servants came near and spoke to him and said, my father had the prophet told you that, uh, 14. So he went down and dipped himself, how many times? Seven times. I could just see him. He's like this. And he goes, all right. comes out one time He's like that's it I'm done I'm, and the little girl the, the servant wait, wait 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 that's only one man you're already wet he's like forget this it stinks Naaman come on one more time <laughs> hey that didn't count you didn't go in all the way I'm just kidding no. he goes in three times he's done he's like that's it Whoa, nothing's changing he's looking at his skin what the heck right you're halfway through encounter Come on, God. I still, I'm still like this. Look at everybody else. Everybody else crying and everybody's receiving. And I'm here all hardened. Because that's what I did in my encounter. I was still like, no. My brother was receiving. Everybody was receiving. Somebody prayed for me. I was like stiff as a rock. I was like, no, I don't want to hear it. Seriously, I was like, what is wrong with me? I knew I could see me from the outside spiritually pouting. And I was still wrestling through it. <sighs> Five times. Six times. And I think that the sixth time he comes out, and by now I think his servants are more worried than Naaman. They're like, oh God, please do something. <laughs> please do something. Like the people that invited you. Maybe the guides or the preacher or everybody here is like, please God, do something. Please, Lord, please. All the investment, all the time. Everyone was worried except God. God was like, that's you. Seven times. One more time. And I don't know if he looked at his skin one last time and he said, man, if this doesn't work, I've really gone to the lowest of the lowest. I'm going to retire. I'm done. And surely the seventh time he goes. 
I don't know. Oh, that was perfect. <laughs> keep it, keep it, keep it. I don't know. I don't know what, <laughs> good job, Georgie. I don't know what happened, but I don't know if it was when he went down and he stayed a little extra just to make sure, looking at his own skin, like, is it happening? But it was so dirty, he couldn't see. Oh, he came out and he's like, I think everyone's eyes were just like, their jaws drop. They themselves can't believe it. He can't believe it. This grown man probably started crying screaming, jumping up and down in the dirty Jordan River. You know what I'm saying? Ah, he's screaming. He's looking at himself. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to say. You see, lepers could never be touched. They were the untouchables. I don't know how long it's been since his own wife hugged him, kissed him, his children. Since he could actually take his mask off in front of people and be who he was. He now can walk out, listen, in broad daylight, and all the things he does in life will actually make sense now. Because they're not just things that he's doing to get some value, to see because his recognition was his true worth back then. But now, he is who he is. He's not embarrassed. He's a healthy, healed man who has an incredible story to tell. Today is an amazing day. Let the Lord do something with you. If you've been tired, if you dipped yourself four times, maybe you've gone to church five years or six years, or maybe this is the fifth time, I would just encourage you, go all the way. Complete whatever God began in you. He's faithful. He'll do it. But you also need to do your part. Fight. It may not come the way you want it, but it'll come His way, I promise you. And if it's His way, man, it'll change everything about you. Stand up with me for a second. Let me pray for those namens of the days, of the day. The Naaman people, the lepers, it says, so he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, according to the word of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Check this out. When he returned to the man of God with all his company and came and stood before him, he said, Behold now, I know that there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. There's only one God. So please, take a present from your servant now. You know, the prophet said, no, I don't need your presence. Thank you. Go ahead. Go away. My present is to see you restored. He doesn't take a present from him. Now, his, there's a story behind that. The prophet's, you know, uh, helper or whatever, his, his apprentice he, he sins and all that. I'll tell that another day. Maybe next Friday if you guys stick around. But this time around, the prophet sees him. He comes out to meet him. Did you hear this? Now he comes out. Now Elijah's up. The game had ended. <laughs> Elijah's like, I want to see this one. Elijah didn't come out just to make sure. He came out because he was sure. He came out and he saw him. He was waiting for him. I don't know if he was waiting for him with a towel like, hey. You know, I am so convinced today. I want to be, hey, that at the end of this encounter, your life will be completely transformed. I mean, completely transformed. Your heart will be different. Your family will say, whoa, what's different about you? You know why I know? Because that happened to me. This church is built on these stories. 
This church is not built with good marketing or financial strength or incredible talents. It's built on transformations from the Lord. I'm telling you this, I mean it 100%. We're yearning to see you change. Everyone here has been fighting. We want to see you transformed. There's a room filled with intercessors. They're going to be praying for you every single talk. We've been praying and fasting for you. People took days off of work just to come and serve you. Can I tell you this? This is not normal. This is not everyday church thing. This is what God wants to do in your life. So I want to pray for those Naamans that say, hey, I want God to do everything he wants to do. If it's seven times in a dirty river, by the word of a little girl, so be it. Whoever speaks, let God speak through that person. Amen? Be healed. Close your eyes. God, I thank you because I know that tonight there's a desperation in the heart of people. Holy Spirit, I thank you because some people here have gone through some difficult times just to make it tonight. Maybe some had been threatened by being fired or have suffered loss in their families. Financially, they've been struggling or the husband said no, the wife said no, the children made fun of. But I thank you, God, because these Naamans of the day are willing to hear your word, to go where you call them to go, to do what you call them to do, that they may be healed, that they would be restored, that their lives, God, would not only be about their accomplishments, but about what you've done and what you continue to do in them. I thank you, Lord, because I know for sure that you'll restore their relationships. You'll restore their spiritual life. You'll restore their mind, their heart, their physical body as you've done with my wife. I know, God, you can heal the soul, the heart, the body, every part. You can bring back to life that which was dead. I thank you, healer. I thank you, God, because you're still an amazing healer, a restorer. The same God that healed Naaman in the Jordan River thousands of years ago is still today healing. God, I thank you because in this place, maybe it's not the Jordan, God, but it's just Montebello. We're willing to say seven times, God, as long as it takes, but we will be healed, God. We'll be fully restored. I thank you because what you're doing now, it's amazing. It's beautiful. I can sense it, Lord. I'm excited. We're ready for you. Would you in your own words just tell God to do whatever he needs to do. Speak to him. You see, your obedience is more important than my anointing. Did you hear what I said? Your obedience is more important than my anointing or my wisdom or whoever's preaching, their ability. Their ability means nothing. They could be a little girl, a captive little girl. And then God can use them to heal you. But I just ask you, are you willing? Are you ready? Are you truly saying, God, I want it bad enough? Whatever it takes. I will break arguments. I will break tiredness. I don't care. I want you, God. I want to be filled with you, Holy Spirit. I want to be set free. God, I want you to do away with my sin. God, I want to break chains. I want to forgive and be forgiven. God, I want you. I want a vision for my life. God, please transform me. Holy Spirit of God, I thank you for your beginning right now. You're beginning a great work and you'll be faithful to complete it. Jesus, we love you. I thank you, Lord, so much because you're still in the business of healing, restoring, and bringing back to life that which was dead. We praise you, God. We praise your holy name because you are still good. You've always been and you'll continue to be. I just say to you one last thing, Lord, if you please, please, God. If someone here has been struggling, with unbelief, break it, destroy it. In the name of Jesus, I declare right now that their obedience, their faith will release your power to change every life in this place. 
It is in your name that I pray, in your name that we pray. And we say amen and amen. Give God a round of applause. God bless you guys.